Professor Gujo, so President Jacob Zuma has paid back the money, uh, but uh, you say that uh, there has to be more of a financial audit into how this came to be. Why? The reason for that is that we have known before President Jacob Zuma became uh, president of the country, uh, when he was uh, removed as deputy president of the country, he was actually being housed by uh, some capitalists uh, in Johannesburg. And it has also been reported quite uh, often that uh, some of his wives are living in areas which are paid for by business people. And it does seem that, you know, out of his own, he's not able uh, to adequately provide for his own family. So from that point of view, it is difficult to understand how he will have $7.8 million to pay for um, as, as has been ordered. And I think that from that point of view, it's a question of where is that money coming from? Uh, and uh, the South African Revenue Services have to investigate that. We need an audit, forensic audit, on where that money is coming from. Because otherwise, we are trying to deal with a problem, but we are building a bigger problem of encouraging money laundering and corruption uh, in governance in our country. And I think that is why I'm indicating that there's a lot to be done to unravel the mechanisms that have led to the payment of the money. I don't think that it actually came directly from the president uh, or his family, as he had claimed uh, that his father, you know, at the beginning of the Nkandla problem, he had indicated the money was from his family. Later on, he said, well, he didn't know that there was money being, and he didn't approve it. Then later on, he said he had actually violated uh, the National Key Point Act, public management, uh, um, public finance management act, and so on and so forth. So I think that we need greater scrutiny into this matter so that in future we don't have a reputation of this. I don't have anything against the president, but we need to be thorough and use this opportunity to really deal with the matter. So the president says uh, that he has uh, secured a home loan from VBS Mutual Bank. Isn't that good enough? Why can't we take his word for that? Uh, How did he secure it? On what basis was it given? Who owns that bank or shares in that bank? Is there any state involvement in it? And so on. Those are the matters that need to be looked into. And and why would we look into this? Because the question is, would, would we subject anyone else to the same type of scrutiny, or is this uh, reserved for President Jacob Zuma only? No, I think it is something that, you know, uh, constitutionalism and the rule of law require that people are equal before the law. So if we are going to apply the law equally, 
Uh, it doesn't matter whether a person is a president of the country or a street vendor or a beggar on the street. We have to apply the law. So I don't think that this kind of scrutiny only needs to go for the president, but it has to go to the whole leadership, starting with the top. Because if the top is rotten, those who make policies, those who pass laws in the country, then the country is in turmoil. So it has to start from the top going up to the bottom. Professor Guto, the economic freedom fighters now, they are of the view that there is a certain degree of criminality to President Jacob Zuma's actions with regard to the whole Nkandla saga. Do you agree with that? Uh, that is their own uh, economic freedom fighters um, political party to deal with. I don't want to really say whether they are right or wrong. They have to explain why, and we can then comment independently and critically uh, on what they are actually saying. So far, it has not been properly ventilated and I don't want to really get into that fray of political posturing or, you know, it may turn out to be proper argumentation in society, but I don't want to get into that at the moment.